Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Then a stout quick-tempered and rather mysterious lady with a red face and black eyebrows like leeches and who seemed to know something unpleasant about everybody on board she had a habit of making quite nice people uncomfortable by hinting things in a vague way and at the same time with so much meaning by skilful use of her heavy black eyebrows that they began to wonder whether they hadn't done something dreadful at some time or other and forgotten all about it so Little Buttercup was not really popular with the crew, but they were much too kind-hearted to let her know it. Little Buttercup had a song of her own which she always sang when she came on board. Here it is. I'm called Little Buttercup, dear Little Buttercup, though I could never tell why. But still I'm called Buttercup, poor Little Buttercup, sweet Little Buttercup I. I've snuff and tobacco and excellent jacky, I've scissors and watches and knives, I've ribbons and laces to set off the faces of pretty young sweethearts and wives, I've treacle and toffee and very good coffee, soft tommy and nice mutton chops, I've chickens and conies and dainty polonies and excellent peppermint drops. Then buy of your buttercup, dear little buttercup, sailors should never be shy, so buy of your buttercup. Poor little buttercup, come of your buttercup by. Thank goodness that's over, whispered the sailors to each other with an air of relief. You see, little buttercup always sang that song whenever she came on board, and after a few months people got tired of it. Besides, not being really popular on account of her aggravating tongue, she sold for the most part things that the liberal captain provided freely for his crew out of his own pocket money. They had soup, fish, an entree, a joint, an apple pudding, or a jam tart every day, besides eggs and ham for breakfast, muffins for tea, and as many scissors, pocket knives, and cigars as they chose to ask for. So Little Buttercup was not even useful to them, and they only tolerated her because they were gallant British tars who couldn't be rude to a lady if they tried. In point of fact, they had tried on several occasions to say rude and unpleasant things to ladies, but as they had invariably failed in the attempt, they at last gave it up as hopeless and determined to be quietly polite under all possible circumstances. So they asked her to sit down and take a strawberry ice and wafer, which she did rather sulkily, as no one seemed to want any of the things she had to sell. "'Tell us a story, Little Buttercup,' said Bill Bobstay. Bill was a boatswain's mate, 
who besides being busily occupied in embroidering his name in red worsted on a canvas nighty case generally took the lead in all the amusements of the dog watch you can if you try i'm sure miss you're quite right said little buttercup i could tell you stories about yourselves which would make you all wish you had never been born i know who takes sugar plums to bed with them looking at one and who doesn't say his prayers looking at another and who sucks his thumb in his hammock looking at a third and who makes ugly faces at his captain when his back's turned looking at a fourth and who does his front hair with patent curlers looking at a fifth and who puts raspberry jam into his messmate's boots looking at a sixth all the sailors referred to looked very hot and uncomfortable for their consciences told them that little buttercup had hit off their various weaknesses with surprising accuracy let's change the subject said bill bobstay he was the one who ate sugar plums in bed we all have our faults but after all we're not so bad as poor dick deadeye that's one comfort now this was very unjust on the part of mr bobstay dick deadeye who sat apart from the others busy manicuring his nails was one of the ugliest persons who ever entered the navy his face had been so knocked about and burnt and scarred in various battles and from falling down from aloft that not one feature was in its proper place the wags among the crew pretended that his two eyes his nose and his mouth had been playing puss in the corner and that his left eye having been unable to find a corner that was unoccupied was consequently left in the middle of course this was only their nonsense but it shows what a very plain man he must have been he was humpbacked and bandy-legged and round-shouldered and hollow-chested and severely pitted with smallpox marks he had broken both his arms both his legs his two collar-bones and all his ribs and looked just as if he had been crumpled up in the hand of some enormous giant he ought properly to have been made a greenwich pensioner long ago but captain corcoran was too kind-hearted to hint that dick deadeye was deformed and so he was allowed to continue to serve his country as a man-of-war's man as best he could now dick deadeye was generally disliked because he was so unpleasant to look at but he was really one of the best and kindest and most sensible men on board the pinafore and this shows how wrong and unjust it is to judge unfavourably of a man because he is ugly and deformed i myself am one of the plainest men i have ever met and at the same time i don't know a more agreeable old gentleman but so strong was the prejudice against poor dick deadeye that nothing he could say or do appeared to be right the worst construction was placed upon his most innocent remarks and his noblest sentiments were always attributed to some unworthy motive they had no idea what the motive was but they felt sure that there was a motive and that he ought to be ashamed of it dick deadeye sighed sadly when mr bobstay spoke so disparagingly of him he wiped a tear from his eye as soon as he had found that organ and then continued to manicure his poor old cracked and broken nails in silence what's the matter with the man said little buttercup isn't he well aye aye lady said dick i'm as well as i ever shall be but i am ugly ain't i 
Well, said Little Buttercup, you are certainly plain. And I'm three-cornered, ain't I? said he. You are rather triangular. Ha, <laughs> ha, said Dick, laughing bitterly. That's it. I'm ugly, and they hate me for it. Bill Bobstay was sorry he had spoken so unkindly. Well, Dick, said he, putting down his embroidery, we wouldn't go to hurt any fellow creature's feelings, but, setting personal appearance on one side, you can't expect a person with such a name as Dick Deadeye to be a popular character now, can you? No, said Dick sadly, it's asking too much. It's human nature, and I don't complain. At this moment a beautiful tenor voice was heard singing up in the rigging. The nightingale loved the pale moon's bright ray, and told his tale in his own melodious way. He sang, Ah, well a day. The lowly vale for the mountain vainly sighed. To his humble wail the echoing hills replied. They sang, Ah, well a day. Who is the silly cuckoo who is tweetling up aloft? asked Little Buttercup rather rudely, as she scooped up the last drops of her ice. That, said Bobstay, why, that's only poor Ralph Rackstraw, who's in love with Miss Josephine. Ralph Rackstraw? exclaimed Little Buttercup. Ha! I could tell you a good deal about him if I chose, but I won't, not yet. At this point Ralph descended the rigging and joined his messmates on deck. Ah, my lad, said one of them, you're quite right to come down, for you've climbed too high. Our worthy captain's child won't have nothing to say to a poor chap like you. All the sailors said, hear, hear, and nodded their heads simultaneously, like so many china mandarins in a tea-shop. No, no, said Dick Deadeye. Captain's daughters don't marry common sailors. Now this was a very sensible remark, but coming from ugly Dick Deadeye, it was considered to be in the worst possible taste. All the sailors muttered, Shame, shame. Dick Deadeye, said Bobstay, those sentiments of yours are a disgrace to our common nature. Dick shrugged his left eyebrow. He would have shrugged his shoulders if he could, but they wouldn't work that way, so, always anxious to please, he did the best he could with his left eyebrow, but even that didn't succeed in conciliating his messmates. It's very strange, said Ralph, that the daughter of a man who hails from the quarter-deck may not love another who lays out on the foreyard arm, for a man is but a man, whether he hoists his flag at the main truck or his slacks on the main deck. This speech of Ralph's calls for a little explanation, for he expressed himself in terms which an ordinary landsman would not understand. The quarter-deck is the part of the ship reserved for officers, and the fore-yard-arm is a horizontal spar with a sail attached to it, and which crosses the front mast of a ship, and sailors are said to lay out on it when they get onto it for the purpose of increasing or reducing sail. Then again, the main truck is the very highest point of the middle mast, and it is from that point that the captain flies his flag, while a sailor is said to 
hoist his slacks when he hitches up the waistband of his trousers to keep them in their proper place now you know all about that ah said dick deadeye it's a queer world dick deadeye said mr bobstay i have no desire to press hardly on any human being but such a wicked sentiment is enough to make an honest sailor shudder and all his messmates began to shudder violently to show what honest sailors they were and how truly bobstay had spoken but at that moment the ship's bell sounding four strokes gave them notice that the dog watch had come to an end so the crew put away their manicure boxes and embroidered nighty cases and dispersed to their several duties end of chapter one